KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Football Friday here on Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours, talking football with you and plenty of it. A busy day here, football right into the, well, wee hours of the morning with the high school football coverage. Uh, Trent will have the uh, rewind of the Valley Dowling game uh, getting underway, well, on the radio anyways, at 10.30. High school coverage begins at 6. It's a Friday after all. Lots of ground to cover coming up on the program. Uh, we will hear from Tom Cakert at about 10.25, HawkeyeReport.com. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football in a national perspective about 10.40-ish. 11 o'clock, we're going to talk Vikings. With whom, Trent Condon? Our buddy Ted Glover, who I've had on plenty of times in the past. I don't know if you and Ted I don't think I've have ever, ever talked. Now, he is an interesting fellow. lives down in St. Louis. He's a Buckeye fan, grew up a Buckeye fan, and a Vikings fan. One of my favorite things about him, though... And as I got to know him well, 10 years ago, he, uh, his dad, huge Vikings fan and just a crotchety, angry old man. I like him already. Yes. And he, he would tweet out some of the things watching the game with his old man about the Vikings and how it'll never happen and on and on and well, on. You might be right. Yeah. He, he's been right on throughout the years. His, uh, his dad did pass away a couple of years ago, but his stories about his father and, and that connection to the Vikings and what that meant, always a real good time and a real good guy. Ted Glover will be joining us right at 11 o'clock. Good stuff. Then Nick Athen on the Chiefs. He'll be in at about 11.20. We'll give away Claxon's Barbecue at 11.35-ish. And then Trent and I, both coming off four and one weeks, will opine on how we see things uh, as our picks will uh, wrap up the program today. Well, lots uh, lots of ground to cover. I may have found a new betting angle. Oh, I'm really? Sure, I'm certainly not uh, alone at this, I would assume. Trent, we saw two teams uh, play last night, and the country tuned in in a big, big way to watch the Bears and the Packers. A hideous game to watch. And yet, people watched. To the tune of a 15.3 rating, which was bigger than the college football national championship game, which tripled the number of people. And if I'm understanding John Oram from SportsBusinessDaily.com, if I understood his tweet correctly... He mentioned that the other three networks, ABC, CBS, and Fox, combined to do a 5.3 rate, combined to do a 5.3 rating during the time that the NFL was on. Meanwhile, the NFL game, as bad as it was, with two storied franchises, mm-hmm. I get it. I, I, look, I, I think the NFL got it right uh, by putting those two uh, on opening night in 100 season in a 15.3, which is remarkable. But the new betting angle... And these two teams that played last night, Trent, as you know, did not play their guys in preseason. Nope. Did not play their guys. And we saw that, I think, on Front Street last night because that was not the football we're accustomed to seeing out of those two, specifically offenses. Mm-hmm. And I would anticipate that they will, you know, get a, uh, be able to tweak some things and uh, knock some rust off in the weeks ahead. But is is that crazy to think that, you know, you find these teams, Rams, for instance? Yes. Um, Sean know, McVay was kind of at the forefront of this. He was the this, pioneer on this, this wasn't theory, he? not playing the guys, you get enough reps in practice, there's no use of being injured. So there's two schools of thought here, right? Either preseason football, as we know it, has to completely change. And, and it is going to. It will go that yeah. route. But 
if it's cut back to two, how do you utilize those two games? Mm. How, That's how a great point. Yeah. Do you go out the old theory, the old third game of the preseason, uh-huh. which was play a half, come out for the second half and kind of get used to that play series, and then it's over? Does that go away too? Well, it trends to your point. They're gonna, there's going to be some guys cut because they didn't get that opportunity to play yep. in the third and the fourth quarter and an entire game in that, uh, in that game number four. You're right. It's, that's something for down the road, but it's something certainly worth watching. So will you look for, and, and will you maybe, I don't know, pay closer attention to that angle just because of the fact that, you know, at least what we've seen so far, two teams mm-hmm. that didn't play their guys were bad. The Rams are the only one that jump off the board. I know there were others. I'm going to have to do some research on that because I think it is a good angle for betting. The total in the Rams-Panthers game, it's in Carolina, is 50.5. Feels pretty high. Yeah, it does, especially what we saw last night. I'm going to look if there's some other ones out there, but but I like the way that you're thinking on that one. Those are those little angles that you got to take a peek at and figure out who else didn't play many guys, who else decided... Mitchell Trubisky, he's 24 years old. He's fine. He doesn't need any reps, right? Oof. I mean, oh, he does? Yeah, try, uh, look, I think he, here's my excuse for my Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's going to be okay take that I've put out there. Uh-huh. I've watched a lot of, and bear with me, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon. It's been a long time, even Peyton Manning in his final year in Denver was okay to begin. Uh, don't forget he lost his job. So my excuse is I've watched closely a lot of bad quarterback play. So maybe when I see Trubisky, I think that's that's serviceable. Okay. I, I will come back the other side, and these are the guys that I've watched with my favorite team over the last oh, two decades or so. Moses Moreno, Cade McNown, Shane Matthews, Jim Miller, Chris Chandler, Henry Burris, Rex Grossman, Cordell Stewart, Craig Krenzel, Chad Hutchinson, Jonathan Quinn. I can go on and on. I've There's some guys lot. on that list I don't, I, I don't even recall their, them being in the NFL. Steve Walsh, Peter Tom Willis, Will Fuller. These are the quarterbacks I've watched with my favorite team. To expect that my team is actually going to have a good quarterback, until I see it, I won't believe it. And we it's, didn't see a good quarterback last no, night. No, we certainly didn't. I mean, he made some just egregious plays uh, last night and got away with a couple uh, that he should never have thrown. And, you know, but... Um, they weren't completions, but they weren't picked off by a hair and looked as though, you know, anyways, he's got to get better. The defense is solid. Matt Nagy's got to get some criticism coming his way for the game plan that he called. Look, I get that, you know, we want to see, we, I think collectively, want to see David Montgomery do well. Yes, uh, we, yes. I think we all do. The state of Iowa. Maybe not. <laughs> but certainly a big portion of the state wants yes. to see him do well. And there's a lot of Hawkeye slash Bears fans that have become David Montgomery fans. How many carries do you have? Six? Six carries, one catch. One catch. The catch was he contorted his body, made a hell of a play, uh, saved his quarterback, quite frankly, and um, and and came down with the football. The when Bears he... were down throughout this game for a long time, 7-3. Yeah. It's one score game. Mm-hmm. They ran the football zero times from 10, I think it was 10 minutes and change left when it was 7-3 in the third quarter until the final drive. And put, it, and put it in Mitchell Trubisky's hands. Every single time. Yeah. That game plan was hideous. Not just the David Montgomery angle, but just as a whole. First play of the game. You come out there, you're moving around, you're set up in the Wildcat, fumble. Yeah. Can, it, it can just, I give you one play that'll just drive you nuts? And it should. How about the Cordero Patterson up the gut? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on. Short yardage? Yeah, Here he's your guy. Yeah, David Patterson. Montgomery. I know. I There's know. a reason you I moved up it. in the draft for him. Yeah. Matt Nagy 
was completely outclassed. Well, he looked game. good walking into the stadium. Oh, I'm not yes. sure if you saw the hat. Yes, I that did. That was a good look. Mike Pettin ate him for oh, dinner last night. Did he he schemed. And one thing that you brought up with this Bears team, as we talked about, I am more down on this team coming into the year than most, especially most Bears fans. But you brought up a really good point. That wide receiver group, they couldn't get open. Yeah, yeah for the there most There was part. no separation the out there. Part, yep. The only time they could get separation is when they're pushing off. <laughs> or they go up the sideline and a back th- uh, shoulder throw to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson yep. was the best player, a best of the receiving core yes. by by a long ways. And that's not saying the, no. the bar wasn't set real high. But yeah, the pedestrian, the receivers are pedestrian. I don't know what one games mean. I mean, we overreact uh, after week one, whether it's college or the NFL, and it's such uh, and you, know, it's, you wait so long to see your team and then to come out and lay an egg as they as they did last night. Your defense is legit. The two linebackers running around making plays. I mean, those two youngsters are just going to be. Uh, you're, you're, you're glad you got Floyd and Smith in there, what, years three, two and three respectively, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, years two and three respectively. Um, boy, you know what you lost, though, and the, to the Packers' gain. And you said it yesterday, the fact that Adrian Amos, he drives, you're going to drive you nuts to see him in a Green Bay uniform. Mm-hmm. He was a big, big part of that. De- and look, uh, Kevin King dropped the ball right in his hands early okay. in the football game that should have been picked. Trubisky should have had four interceptions. Easily could have. Yes. Easily could have. It, it wouldn't be a surprise if you look at the box score. That's the way it should have been. The Bears, defensively, I mean, they come out. The defense is on fire. They're doing the thing. They do that stupid play to begin the ball game out of the Wildcat and, yeah. and moving over, and it just, the offense could never get on gear. This defense, it's elite. It is. It's going to be wasted, though. It's um, going to be wasted with Mitchell Trubisky as the quarterback. Let, let's go on to, to this angle of things, too, because even Aaron Rodgers, after the game, said it, and um, you mentioned Petten and he ate and he mm-hmm. ate Nagy's lunch. Did you see Rogers and Petten at the end of the game? Rogers yeah. coming up and giving him that uh, that push and yep. uh, you know the, having a little joke between the two of them. Packers have a defense. They have a defense. I don't know how much of an offense they have though either. Well, they didn't play the guys either. They were rusty. They too, didn't. So Rogers had one good series. Yeah, he's, he kept plays alive with he his did. feet. Um, I want to see them another week. Sure. But Aaron Jones... He couldn't run the football. They couldn't, yeah. Jones was okay. Mm-hmm. He just And I think that's what he is. He's above average. Yeah. He's a B-minus, C-plus yeah. kind of running back. But I don't mind him, but yeah, you're right. Offensive line wasn't very good, no. but again, it's kind of the other going side. Going up against the Bears. The Bears' defense. Speaking of offensive lines... We talked about David Montgomery, another Iowa angle. Yeah. James Daniels Awful. was terrible. Awful. And this was a guy. Kyle Long was bad. I couldn't understand why last season they started Whitehair at center and they had Daniels out at guard. It didn't make any sense. Maybe it did make a little bit more sense after mm-hmm. seeing yesterday because Daniels was terrible. Yeah, he didn't have his best game by um, by long ways. Um, yeah, he was bad last night, Trent. Mm-hmm. What about the fourth and ten instead of what? Now I don't know. Did did did, did Nagy realize? You know, I cut it to ten six. I'm not sure that's going to be enough. Yeah, he kicked the field goal there. I was fine going for it. I was too. I was too. Um, but obviously, Bears fans are going to gravitate to the Eddie Pinheiro. He has no confidence in his kicker. Nah. Dot, dot, dot. How about that after he comes out? It felt like w- that was the most anticipated kick in the first half of a 0-0 football game that I can ever remember. Do you, the, remember, do you remember how he followed it up? The buzz in the stadium. Book's going crazy, and then they kicks have it out to of kick, fall off. <laughs> kicks it out of I mean, come on. 
Oh, you know, our neighbors to the north have dealt with uh, kickers for a very long time. It feels like that is absolutely happening now over to the east with the Bears. Meanwhile, Mason Crosby just continues to to go against father time. But didn't he miss five field goals against the Lions last year? He did miss a boat, and they stuck with him, right? And nobody panicked inside that locker room. Aaron Rodgers stuck with him, most importantly. And that's the one guy you have to have, right? If you lose him, you've lost. You have no chance of survival there, but he didn't lose uh, Mason Crosby. Well, we're underway with the the NFL. Good big slated games this this weekend. I'm going to do some digging. I want to find out these teams uh, of the 32. Who did the uh, followed the same path as the Rams did? Obviously the Bears and the Packers. What teams held out their starters? Mm-hmm. And is that something you can maybe take advantage of at least early in the season if you're so inclined to bet on sports? Because, geesh, those offenses, the ones we saw last night, again, two good defenses going up against them, but those offenses were bad last night. So what? Uh, what's your take? Um, next week, I don't want to look too far ahead, and we won't sure. do this for long, but they play the Broncos next, uh, next week. Fangio, who they're very familiar with both ways. Mm-hmm. I think they, the offense will be Nagy knows what Fangio likes to do, and Fangio likes to know, knows what Nagy likes to do. Uh, Bradley Chubb is a guy that I think is going to burst onto the scene. Yes, I mean, burst time. onto the scene. Von Miller, really good players too. Um, I don't know. Road game. Road game. 325 kick central. Yep. I, I told you as we were talking about the kind of our season predictions last, uh, yesterday, I didn't like the Bears chances in this game anyway. And after that performance, what's it going to be? First mm. one to 10? Much like last night? I don't know. I hope it's better than that. Apparently our stream isn't working. If anybody's listening to the show inside the building that has anything to do with that, I don't know what to do. Uh, But we will uh, effort to fix that as the program comes on or goes on. Tom Caker coming up. Real quick on baseball, uh, Trent. uh, Big series in the... uh, Look, the Twins... If if you're you're the Cleveland Indians, have to sweep the Twins this weekend Mm -hmm. have any chance. Twins are just going to look for one. Uh, Kyle Schwarber hit a ball last night, and I I retweeted it just because I knew nobody was watching it. Um, And how about that, right? It's It's the... <clears throat> the Cubs going up against the Brewers. Meanwhile, at Soldier Field, it's the Packers and the Bears doing ball. Schwarber hit a ball, a grand slam last night. Just absolutely. I, I love to watch him hit home runs. Yeah. Love to watch him hit home runs. He's a fun guy to watch. He is. When it's rolling. Now, when it gets bad. Yeah, but you got to keep him because he's going to hit 35, 38 home runs. Some, some that looks as though the number. I don't think that's um, overestimating what he's going to come in with this year. You got to keep him. I think I've come full circle on this. You're dude. full circle. I huh? have. You got to keep him in the lineup. It's like all Chris Line or Chris Liney. Chris Carter does his touch, catch touchdown. Patrick Liney, all he does is score goals. Kyle Schwarber, all he does is hit home runs. You got to find a spot for these guys. There's lots of guys that can hit home runs these days, though. Yeah, well, he's pretty special, and I don't think he's clearly anywhere near uh, reached the top of his ceiling. So, anyways. Did you get any baseball last night? No, not anything. I saw it on Twitter. I flipped over to the Twins a couple of times during commercial breaks. That must have been a pretty good game. It was, down to the wire, and a great throw to end the game. Eddie Rosario, ball off the wall, guy chugging in, I making the turn. I saw that. Was that the game Final ender? play of the game, oh, Rosario I didn't realize made the throw. That. Yeah. Good way to end what that one two to one victory. They take the series in Boston, mm-hmm. something that doesn't feel like it happens very often for the Twins. And then, of course, Cleveland coming up this weekend. Feeling good there. And and back to the Cubs for a moment. Gotta feel good about them just being in the playoffs. Everybody else has kind of taken those steps back. Yeah, the but Phillies catch, catch Washington for that second spot. If you can't catch the Cardinals, you gotta host the Nationals at home. I think you don't want to be that road wild card game team. I don't think. 
And the Nationals play the Braves this weekend. There's some good baseball this weekend. There is. And yeah, it'll sadly, be... we won't see a pitch. There are no. very few. Right. It'll be just caught up in football, and mm-hmm. that's what happens Although, you know what? Time. It's a bad slate of college tonight. It's, a, it's, it's uh, for a Friday night. The only game, Marshall-Boise State is the best game of the night. Wake Forest-Rice? Sacramento State, Arizona State? That's on Pac-12, so we can't even watch it. Can't even watch it if you have DirecTV. Um, yeah, not it's a, a bad one. slate, so That's maybe okay. it is a baseball night. Okay, I gotta oh, you've got to work nights. tonight, right? Yeah. You've got Valley Dowling? Yes. Uh, who else is playing? Is there another big uh, a big game high school-wise tonight? Oh, there's always big ones throughout. Uh, Roosevelt Lincoln? Yeah, that Lincoln. should be pretty good. Looking forward to that one. Southeast Polk makes their way over to Waukee. Waukee. Still might be kicking themselves about last week. Yeah. They they had the Maroons on the ropes and weren't able to get get it done in that one. Uh, some other games locally. Johnston, they're up at Ankeny, Ankeny High against the Hawks. That one should be pretty good. Centennial goes to Urbandale. So a lot of local flavor. Love these non-district weeks early on. A lot of good games going on. And uh, the scoreboard show tonight. Starting at 6.30, going all the way till 10.30 with Joe Stacy and crew. And the 6 o'clock is the high school preview, right? With yep. Emery and Bain and who am I missing? Cody. Cody, yes, Cody. Uh, that's a good uh, Cody Godwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty good trio there. Um, those guys do a, do very knowledgeable. The fact, like the fact that they cover recruiting, uh, like Matthew Bain is doing. Look, the recruiting is a big aspect of uh, the mm-hmm. Des Moines Register now. They're clearly focusing uh, in on that. All right, let's talk Hawks and Rutgers. Um, you know, if you kind of kind of seeing it my way, do you think that this is going to be a convincing Iowa win? Is there a chance Rutgers hangs around in this football game? Any chance I was looking ahead to next week? I doubt it. It's a Big Ten game, mm-hmm. but I think you got to throw that Rutgers. out there. It's Rutgers. Exactly. It doesn't feel like a Big Ten game. It's a new member, and it's just a team in the East you don't see. This will be the first time they've ever made their way to Kinnick Stadium. So though it is a Big Ten game in name, it doesn't really feel like a Big Ten game. It does feel like they have an eight-game conference schedule this year, and their four non-cons include Rutgers. Mm -hmm. Just because of the place it is in the schedule, that's also a piece of it here, being a week two. But I think you're really just overestimating. McLean Carter threw... Three picks. Three interceptions? Three picks. I think three. Against UMass. Against UMass, yes. UMass was historically bad defensively awful. last year. Terrible. And they lost nine starters off that defense. Mm-hmm. That's an awful UMass team. I think you're maybe going a little bit too deep on the Rutgers love. Maybe they'll score. Yeah. They, they can, can they keep it within three touchdowns? That's... I'm not going to pick the game. I'm not going to pick the game. You're off the game. No, I'm I'm not going to pick it. I I hate picking the game. The only reason I did it, I don't know why I did it. I tried to get off on the right foot on our TV show. Uh But that's going against Prince. Are you having second thoughts? No, I'm not. No, you still think think Rutgers Rutgers is going to cover the number? I do. I don't. I don't think that I will beat them by three touchdowns. I think they'll win convincingly. Yeah. I don't know if they'll win by 21, 34, 17, something like that. that. That's a cover. That's 17. That is right in that number. I kind of see it the same way. I think Rutgers will get a couple of scores, maybe make a couple of big plays, but overall. I was Iowa's secondary didn't blow the doors off me last week. That was probably the weakest group I as think, a whole. I, I think you'd have to say was what we saw in the defensive backfield. I like Iowa's chances here, though, no, to I, roll convincingly. Do you like yeah. them to roll convincingly? They're going to run the football a lot. Mm-hmm. They, Rutgers can't stop the run. Uh, not, if, not if Sargent plays the way he did last week. And, Sargent plays well. And Young. He played well. Yeah, both of them. I was and impressed. how about Tyler Goodson? I thought when he, he got his opportunity, yes. you can see why they like him, right? I mean, now because of that, maybe that twenty number is too big. They'll just rely on the run game, get a couple of interceptions, and are content to win it twenty-seven-seven. And mm-hmm. hey, let's coast in 
27-10, coast into next week. If you could see one thing in this game, if there if there's one little bullet or one box you want Iowa to check in the game, what would it be? Punter. You want to see punter? I do. I want to see Epinesa. I want to see him. Plays. Yes. Yeah. yes. I think it's punter just because the one punt we saw from Sleep Dalton last week was so bad. The difference for Iowa and all the games that we anticipate they're going to play the close games this year, field position is important. There's no confidence after what we saw from Rastetter a yeah, year ago. Right. Sleep Dalton, he was going to be the guy that comes in and be the next Rock and Ron Kaluzzi, be the guy that comes in there as a <laughs> What a year transfer. he had, oh, right? He was Wasn't that something? They need him to have that kind yeah, of year. They do. Because the one punt we saw was brutal. No, it was. It was. Um, I had trouble finding college plays this week. I you do did. not like the slate of college games. Ooh, I, I got a lot of plays. I got some do bonus you? plays this week. See, I, no, I, had the, I had the NFL kind of jumped off the page to me. How about you? It seems like, no, not at all. I, I don't strange. have anything I like. And it feels like that happens a lot for us when we make our picks. College is usually the one where you don't have as many games, and I got a ton. And the NFL, I got to fight just to find my two or three for the week. And you're like, oh, I got six games. I'm like, the same way. I could have had six games this week. Really? I narrowed it down to three. But college, man, I struggled to find something. Well, there's a win. That's a, no, that's a no-brainer. Take this one. I couldn't find those. Anyways, we'll find Tom Cakert. He'll be with us next. It's 21 minutes after the hour at 10 o'clock. HawkeyeReport.com. Then Bama Trent and I will take a look at the uh, some of the bigger games in week number two as we continue. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football from a Nationals perspective here in about... Oh, 15 minutes or so. Let's get Tom Cakert in here. We talk Hawks and Rutgers at 11 o'clock kick tomorrow morning. Tom Trenton, Ken, how are you? Doing well, guys. Doing well. Good to talk to you, Tom. Let's go back to last week. What did you learn about this Hawkeye team? Maybe not learn, but maybe what will you? What kind of uh, jumped out to you that maybe you'll pay a little bit closer attention to that uh, you didn't see, whether it be a position player uh, or anything? Uh, what did you learn last week? I, I think the top line thing is that um, at least in a one-game sample size, they can run the football, and um, and that was just such a big theme going into the year. And even when Alaric Jackson goes out, um, they're still able to really pound the rock. And if they can do that, then this has a chance to be a really good season for Iowa, just because that sets up everything else uh, that they do. Um, on the other side, I, I am just a wee bit concerned about the defense. I, I think Phil Parker will get it figured out, but they just they seemed average. And you know, for a team that had 35 sacks last year, the pass rush just wasn't there uh, against Miami, Ohio, and uh, they're going to have to figure that out because otherwise, teams just if they get time, they pick you apart. That's just how it works in football. You know, speaking of the defensive line and getting pressure there, talked a little bit about the defensive end position. Feels like they have some depth of defensive tackle. Nixon came in. He had a hurry. Thought he played pretty well. Lattimore played maybe his best game in a Hawkeye uniform. But outside, after Epines and Golston, they don't have anybody there. Who do you think has the best chance of being, at least in the mix, as that third defensive end? 
Boy, they, and they didn't really play anybody else oh. other than, you know, after the game was decided, they, you know, Wagner got in there mm-hmm. and uh, Zach Van, Balken, Van Valkenburg got in there. But other than a couple situational rushes for Imani Jones, mm-hmm. and he did get home and get a sack. But other than that, um, they didn't really do a whole lot. But here's the other thing. Um, you know, those guys only had, uh, the Red Hawks only had like, what, 54 snaps in the game. So it wasn't like there was a high snap volume. So you could say, wow, they're just not trusting those guys completely. I don't think those guys were just all that worn down. Uh, you know, playing 51 snaps, I would expect that from the Vanessa and Golson every week, probably. Uh, Tom, I'm not sure what you uh, were up to last Friday night, but uh, UMass and Rutgers played, and Rutgers uh, found themselves trailing 14 nothing five minutes into the football game. Uh, but then somehow they, they righted the ship a little bit. Here's my biggest takeaway from it. Uh, the left-handed quarterback, McLean Carter, looked legit last night, I thought. Um, Blackshear and Pacheco, too, oh, uh, both running backs are good. Uh, Bo Melton looks as though he can stretch the field. Their skill guys aren't bad, Tom, was my biggest takeaway on Rutgers. Did you see any of it? Yeah, I watched some of it, and those are my exact takeaways. Um, you know, Carter is certainly an upgrade over Sitkowski uh, at, at quarterback. Um, he's not shy about throwing it either. No, and that's for sure. You know, he did, he did have 340. He had some picks, too. Um, so, you know, maybe that's where Iowa exploits them is, you know, if you're throwing uh, multiple picks against, UMass, uh, I was probably, get, uh, you know, the defensive backs are probably salivating a little bit because he's going to take some chances. But um, for the running backs, those guys run hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Blackshear's good out of the backfield. Uh, Pacheco is, you know, he's a blur. If he gets a, a crease, he's gone. And I, I think that's maybe one of the biggest concerns is, you know, that kid runs hard and he's uh, liable to pop one. And all of a sudden you're you know, looking at him his jersey down the field you know tom with that uh looking forward a little bit this will be the first time that Rutgers will make an appearance at kinnick stadium but after penn state comes off the schedule and their crossover matchup they'll have Rutgers for six straight years any idea what's the it's theory crazy. behind that it's just well good for iowa yeah you, you <laughs> like that having that part of it but boy Rutgers for six straight years yeah, it's it's you know, but they haven't. They've only this will be the second time they played them, and they've been in the league for five. So you know, this will be the fifth year they're in. So uh, they just haven't seen them much, and uh, it's just the you know, it's weird having uh, a Big Ten game in week two before Iowa State, but it's still weird having Rutgers in the Big Ten. I don't care what anybody says. It's just. <laughs> It's strange calling him a Big Ten team. It's strange calling Maryland a Big Ten team, too. Mm-hmm. It's strange look uh, watching Illinois kind of look like a Big Ten team, at least for one week, Tom. <laughs> and everybody's hammering them in the, in the casinos right now, too. And right. Just, you know, <laughs> taking Illinois and giving all those points, and everybody's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a weird world we're living in right now. Indeed. What do you think of Wisconsin? I guess give me your uh, your biggest takeaway from the Big Ten West in Week One. Yeah, it was Wisconsin. Just mm-hmm. their dominant performance. Now uh, we may just have saw them against uh, a South Florida team that that was taken on water last year and just hasn't recovered uh, from that. They were, you know, South Florida was really bad the second half of last year. And but having said that. 
Wisconsin just looked fabulous. I mean, they, it was kind of one of those moments like, hey, you guys are sleeping on us? Okay, here we go again. Mm. And, uh, you know, Taylor looked like a, mm. a legit Heisman candidate. I mean, catching the ball now and running as hard as he does. Um, you know, if they can get their pass game uh, going, uh, you know, I think they're just they're a scary team right now uh, because you know the defense is going to always be pretty solid. Tom, want to get your thoughts. You mentioned the shaky parts of the defense, at least. The move away from the four-two-five, the cash position that we talked about so much here during the offseason. Your thoughts going forward, what this is going to be, or as I would just very simply back to being a, def- a team that runs a 4-3 defense. I think it's too early to tell on that, but I, I think what happened was um, you know, it's sort of like last year after Imani Jones struggled in a couple series and he was out of the game. They were pretty quick with the hook with D.J. Johnson uh, after he made a mistake, and uh, it was a costly one. And um, you know, you could see Michael Ojemudia getting visibly upset on the field uh, after that happened. And I asked Michael about that this week, and he said, hey, "Look, I, uh, you know, something we practiced against. Um, we we worked on that specific play, and he didn't do his job. And uh, you know, it was frustrating. And he told." me he went to the sidelines and, and talked to him in a very calm manner and just said, hey, you got to just mm-hmm. follow the plan. And, uh, you know, better days are ahead for D.J. Johnson, but uh, he's, you know, you can't make those mistakes in the secondary. Otherwise, you'll get plays like that where, you know, Mayock takes it down to the one-yard line. Uh, is there a chance, Tom? So, so hear me out on this one. Alaric Jackson comes out and looked like it looked awful at the time. Then you see him on the crutches uh, after the game. He's, I think it was probably Sunday. We found out it's uh, they dodged a bullet, not as bad as you would think. Tuesday, he's walking around without the crutches, and he's he seemingly is ahead of schedule. I guess where I'm going, Tom, is there a chance he plays next week? I don't think Kirk's pretty much just ruled him out for next week. Um, so I, I don't think there's any chance. I think that the more interesting thing is they have a bye after Iowa State and then middle. Uh, do you even bother playing him against middle Tennessee um, and just save them and don't risk anything and, and uh, just save them for the Michigan game and get them back out there for that game. I, I think maybe what happens in the next two games probably dictates what happens more than anything else. But, um, you know, I'd almost lean towards just saving them if they're, if they're still, you know, doing pretty well up front. Maybe get him a series or two, get his feet mm-hmm. underneath him if he is getting close to 100%, and then get him ready, of course, for the Michigan game. Rutgers this week, Iowa State after that. Tom, overall, a good showing, I think, against Miami of Ohio. Has your perception of this team changed? I, I know you do your season prediction. You always do it right around the 4th of July after getting to see them out on the field. Anything changed for you, what you think this team is going to be this year? Um, not really. Just some of the things that I was looking to see, I saw. But then, you know, just I, I'm a little spooked by the pass rush, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And just I, I think they've got to get better there or it's going to be, you know, a dicier situation for them on defense. And, and they probably see some really high-scoring games for Iowa football, and I, I'm not sure that they want to get into that. But having said that, I always just kind of, you know, the blind faith of Phil Parker that he figures it out. He does it every year. He figures things out and, and gets things right uh, overall. So um, it hasn't changed uh, a whole lot, you know, but, you know, maybe some of the games, his thoughts on some of the games, I mean, 
Wisconsin looks better than I thought. Penn State looks better than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two teams are on the schedule. And I had them as uh, both those games as wins for Iowa. So um, from that perspective, yeah, that's, that changes me a little bit. Yeah, I was changed. Makai Sargent changed a whole lot of things for me. He uh, he opened my eyes both running the football and catching the ball out of the backfield. I thought they utilized him uh, very well. His confidence was there. Tom looked like a different player. Tom, we'll talk to you Friday of Cyhawk. Thank you as always. Appreciate you coming on. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Tom Cakert, as we take a look at Rutgers and Iowa tomorrow. Sergeant was great, Trent. He was. Jeez. Difference maker? Yeah, he, I honestly believe mm-hmm. that. Yes, if, not if, just if, a guy. Right. If last week is an indication, he can be a difference maker because, as Tom said, as we said in... You know, from fall from spring camp forward, can mm-hmm. they run the football? Are they going to be able to run the football? Last week they did. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will talk college football from a national perspective next. It's Miller and Condon coming up on 20 minutes before the hour 11 on Des Moines Sports Station 1460.org. It's 24 hour sports, morning, noon, and night here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back to. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's go around college football. Bama Bob joins Trent and I. You can follow Bama on Twitter at Bama Bob on Twitter. Bama, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. You know one thing, guys, from last week, from Monday, that I forgot to bring up? Uh, just one of the more bizarre moments, maybe, that we've ever seen in the history of college football. Hmm. Do you know where I'm going, Bama? I don't, but I'm intrigued. You freeze. No. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Coaching from funny, a bed in the press box. Funny you mentioned that, Ken, because uh, I think I may have told you my my youngest daughter is actually dating a guy who plays for Liberty. He's from Hoover, and he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, and that was kind of the talk of the. I mean, you know, they were all excited to get Hugh Freeze over at Liberty, and you know. Changes where you replaced Turner Gill, who retired, and you know they were excited to get him, and the offense was looking great all through you know spring practice and fall practice, and then he got some sort of infection, or right? Something, yeah, and it basically just locked him up. Mm-hmm. And I have not heard whether he's going to make the trip tomorrow over to Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, they play the Raging Cajuns, but yeah, that was bizarre. Crazy. Um, you know, he just they cut a they actually cut a hole in the press box so the bed is that how they did it? Could, yeah, well, I mean, because you couldn't get the bed through, and so he wanted to be able to be in touch with the coaches, and the the bed wouldn't fit in the coaching box, so there was like an empty room next to it. So they actually went into the press box, cut a hole in the wall, literally, uh, so he could lay there and you know look at the monitors and everything. They lost twenty four to nothing, so I don't know how much it helped, you know, but. Um, Against a pretty good Syracuse. Yeah, indeed. That was weird. Very bizarre. We'll get to Syracuse in a minute because Syracuse-Maryland, I think, is a very meaningful game in the state of Iowa because the consensus seemingly is that uh, if uh, Maryland picks off Syracuse, game day is going to be in Ames for Iowa and uh, Iowa State next weekend. But let's get move on, guys. Uh, I I struggled this week, uh, A, finding games for us to discuss, and B, being able to zero in in, on any of these games. Some of the weeks they just seemingly jump off the page. This wasn't one of them. I almost put Cincinnati and Ohio State, made that my sneaky game of the week that we'll get to, but let's start there, boys. Cincinnati's a really good football team, I think. Now, I don't know what they beat, and this is what I'm about to say. They beat UCLA, and we don't know what they beat, Uh, but they could easily win the American if it's not 
Uh, UCF or Memphis. They play some good football there. Ohio State, Fickle, uh, the relationship we know about Bama. Uh, is this one got a chance to be decent? I think the number is 16. Could this be a good football game? It could be. Um, you know, again, you don't know what, you don't know what really, you, you kind of, Cincinnati, you think, kind of beat a pretty good team last week. Um, now, we all know the struggles UCLA, we kind of documented that last week. Justin Fields looked amazing uh in their win um last week but i mean my if the the 16 is a, is a tricky number if it were a little higher i'd take cincinnati i could see ohio state winning this game you know 34 17 something like that i think cincinnati's defense is pretty good yeah, it is. it's got a, if 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 they don't take if ohio state doesn't take care of the ball and obviously this is going to be a much better team than they faced last week um the buckeyes so and think about it, though, Kenny. If if Cincinnati somehow were to pick off Ohio State, I mean, they could put themselves right in the thick of that group of five because they would have a win over UCLA, Ohio State. You mentioned Memphis and UCF, which are the two you know juggernauts, if you will, in group of five. And I mean, it is a big, big game for Cincinnati. I don't think they'll win. Uh, wouldn't it? W- it would surprise me if they did, but uh, I think it, it could have a chance to be to be entertaining. I'm with you. How about you, Trent? You know, Fickle have this team ready to go. Mm-hmm. They'll be salty at times defensively, but Ohio State got off to that hot start and then coasted to an easy win against yeah. Florida Atlantic. I think that they're going. Ryan Day is going to have this team locked in from the get go. Numbers too low. I, I think Ohio is State it? runs away here. They win this thing by more than three touchdowns. I like the Buckeyes this week here. I, I just think Day got their attention. Got the start you wanted so you can coast, but then also had a lot of things to look for in camp this week. It's an in-state school. Knock down little brother. Ohio State rolls. Uh, let's move on. Yeah, the pickle angle is interesting to me. That that kind of you – know, here, here's what I can see in the locker room. Hey, boys, show hands of those of you who recruited by mm-hmm. Ohio State. No hands go up. Right. I mean, it's one of those games. You know, so good point. In state and the 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 coaching, the connections are make it pretty intriguing. I've got an opinion. It'll come your way in about an hour on this game, Trent Condon. Uh, <laughs> let, let's stay with you, uh, Trent. A uh, and M and Clemson. Can this be a good football game? Middle of the afternoon. Kellen Mond, Trevor Lawrence. That's mm-hmm. the quarterback matchup. Uh, your thoughts? I think we're going to get a good one here. I, I really do. I'm surprised how big this number is. Speaking of a, a little look towards ah, the end okay. of the show here today. Last year. Clemson was on the ropes. Now, that was on the road at A&M. Mm-hmm. We'll see Howard's Rock in the rundown at Death Valley coming up this week Love in it, Clemson. A&M scheduled to play the number one, two, three-ranked teams throughout this season. I think they give him a tussle here, though. You mentioned Kellen Mond. Really like what he can do here. Year number two of the new coaching staff mm-hmm. at A&M. I'm all in. I think we're going to see a good one. Bama, am I all wet here? Clemson going to run away from the Aggies? I don't think they're going to run away from them. I think, listen, they could cover it late. I think it's 16 and a half right now. I'm with you. I like Kellen Mond. He's not getting much love either in the SEC or certainly nationally. Listen, Clemson has the two best players, Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. and Travis Etienne, and Etienne can bust it any time. Love watching him play. Football. I mean, he is just so smooth. Uh, you're receiving. You just, he's one of those guys you find ways to get it to, whether it's jet sweeps, whether it's straight handoffs, whether it's in the passing game, whatever. When he touches it, you hold your breath if you're A&M. You know, all that said, Clemson's defense, they, they lost a ton. Now, I know they replaced it. They're, they're one of those programs now that reloads, doesn't rebuild. They lost a ton on defense, gave up almost 300 yards to what I think is going to be an awful Georgia Tech team. 
this year. So, I, listen, A&M's got to – they have to stay in it early. They need some success early. They need to somehow be able to stop them on a couple series. You know, if Clemson runs out to a 14 nothing, 21-3 kind of lead, then I think it gets out of hand. But I'm, I'm kind of with you, Trent. I, it, it's dangerous. Uh, if you want to take the points, if you will, uh, I think that would be a dangerous bet. But I, I think we could have ourselves a game. And you mentioned last year and year two and Jimbo Fisher. Uh, this, this, this is a, this really a measuring stick, I think, more so than last year of, of where A&M is. We know where Clemson is. It's a big measuring stick for A&M, and they got you know tough games ahead with uh, you know, with Alabama and LSU still on the schedule. Uh, let's move on, boys. Uh, Army and Michigan was a game we've been paying close attention to since we realized that this is on the schedule and where it is on the schedule. Army struggled against Rice. In fact, Rice could have won that football game uh, last yeah. week. Bam, we'll start with you. Michigan was, mm, I'm not sure what they were in week number one. They did enough. Uh, what, how, what do you expect tomorrow? Can Army keep this thing close? I don't think so, Ken. I was hoping so at the start of the year. I'm with you. I, I watched a, a pretty good amount of that Army Rice game, and and they were quite frankly lucky to win that. Yeah, now, they the were. fullback didn't play, and supposedly you know he's going to be back. So that in the fullback in that triple option is everything. I mean, you got to have a guy who can kind of you know clear the way and you know be a ball ball carrier and all that type of thing. I, I, I was hopeful at the beginning of the year that maybe they could, you know, kind of do what they did at Oklahoma and Norman last year. Uh, I I just don't think so. The, the number's 22 right now. If I had to put it one side or the other, I'd probably put it on Michigan covering. The thing with Army, if they what Army has to do, whether they score or not, is have some sustained drives. You know, three or four first downs, and then if you have to punt, fine, punt. What you can't do is three and out certainly can't turn the ball over because they just they have no way to catch up that's the problem if michigan's out mm. there they can't throw the ball they've never been able to throw it i love what monken is doing up there um i think they're going to have a good season the 10 win season last year not sure they can repeat that but i i just after what i saw last week they're gonna have to play a ton better to keep this close in in the big house could they have been looking ahead trent to michigan this week maybe i can buy that a little bit this has been their circle game certainly yep. after what they did had Oklahoma on the ropes. I think Bama has this one right, though. I think 14-7 against a Rice team that, frankly, isn't very good. That is very, very concerning here. I kind of remember Army came in, oh, and, and Navy has both gone to Ohio State here over the last six, seven years, and both times, yeah, maybe if this happens, and the Buckeyes just ran away. I think Michigan does the same thing here. I, I like Michigan big in this one. I'm, I'm hopeful that's not the case, and that triple option you get it revved up just a couple of different times, get those 15, 16 play possessions and basically eat up 10 minutes of the clock, yeah, then maybe you can see that. But I'm not buying it with Army this week. Uh, let's spend 15 seconds each on this game just because of the, the magnitude that it has, pursuant to game day and the possibilities mm-hmm. of landing a name. Trent, I'll, I'll start with you. Maryland beat up on some fellow by the name of Howard. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Sir- Howard Griffith? Yeah, maybe. Syracuse Liberty. Um we, we, as a state, yes. uh, need Maryland to beat Syracuse. Can they? And I think they will. I think they will. Numbers changed significantly. It See has. That? Yeah, the opening number came out. Maryland was getting Yes, four, they were getting points. Four and a half to five points, depending on the shop. Now they're favored they're in giving, this football right. game. Syracuse, I watched uh, more of that game than I anticipated. 
Guess why? I think you know why. I had a wager (laughs) on it. I was not impressed by Dino Baber's team and and their new quarterback, who's played a little bit. They really struggled against Liberty here. I think Maryland is the right side. They should be favored. I don't think we're going to... We're going to get at least step number one of getting game day to the state. Terps win the football game. Uh, 15 seconds on this one, Bama. Yeah, I love the regional matchup here. Uh, Kind of a Northeast game, if you will. Uh, New coach at Maryland, Mike Loxley. As you said, the beat up on Howard last week, former Alabama offensive coordinator from last year. Uh, I'm kind of with Trent on this one. Um, new quarterback at, at Syracuse, not, you know, listen, they had the shutout win at Liberty, a lot of on the road. Liberty's going to be decent, not great. You know, the Hugh Freeze angle, I think, helped them because who was in charge, you know, of that game? That's just such a tough situation. Um, I like Maryland in this one. I like Josh Jackson, the quarterback. Um, both of them threw shutouts last week. I don't think either one will do that this week. I like Maryland probably to cover the two. All right, I don't want to run out of time. If we have time, we'll come back to Nebraska and Colorado, but we got to get to the, the primetime game. Just uh, LSU and Texas, Bama, we'll start there. Uh, the number keeps going up. LSU, they're having trouble getting a bet on Texas. They, being the bookmakers, having trouble getting a bet, a bet on Texas. Uh, Ellinger. Uh, Burrow, really good quarterback. By the way, I did not know the Iowa angle with Joe Burrow. Did you know that? No. It's in today's paper. The kid lived here. What? the names. His dad, uh, his dad was coach names high, was part of, uh, an Iowa State coaching staff. Hmm. Rhodes came within a whisker of bringing him back. Um, I had no idea. It's crazy. It is crazy. Anyways, Bama, the matchup itself, uh, it's five stars. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, this, this to me, this is one of those games that you that you really like. I don't. Both these teams, if you will, are kind of chasing ghosts in, in their respective conferences. LSU chasing Alabama, Texas chasing Oklahoma. Obviously, I don't think this game. Obviously, it's non-conference. I don't think it's going to have a bearing necessarily on either team's playoff aspirations because if I think if they win their respective conferences, they're going to be right in the mix. Um, win or lose this game. I think this is bigger for the Big 12 uh, in terms of maybe can we finally get another team other than Oklahoma in the mix, talking about the playoff. Uh, that being said, man, LSU, you mentioned Joe Burrow. Good Lord, they looked good last week. I know they didn't play they played Georgia Southern. I get it, but that offense looked totally different. Um, much tougher opponent, much tougher environment. Um, I haven't seen the latest number. Is it like eight, eight and a half? Six, I like think. What? Six and a half. Six, six and a half. Oh, yeah, I would probably take LSU uh, to cover that. I just think they're probably a little better on defense. But this is this is one of those really fun games that I don't think is going to really have a bearing on either team's season. It's just kind of a measuring stick and two great programs that are, like I said, are kind of chasing other established teams within their respective conferences. Trent. Tom Herman as an underdog. Give me Mm -hmm. Tom Herman as an underdog. I like it. The number has certainly tilted that way throughout the years. I'm going to jump on that uh, little nugget that's been out there for a long time with him. I like Texas here. Win the game outright, LSU. It's one thing to do it against some of the teams that we've seen them be able to throw the ball down the field, it'll be different against this Texas team. Uh, I've got Randy Peterson's article in front of me. At least it's on online. Uh, Joe Burrow's dad coached on Jim Walden's staff. Wow. Way back that? in the day. Way back in the day. Wow. Absolutely. And he was recruited at Ohio State hard by Tom Herman. About that full circle, it does come full circle. Sneaky good game, guys. Uh, we can well Nebraska see you, Bama. Is this going to be a good game? 
I hope so. I hope it's as good as last year. It was a great one last year. Scott Frost's debut was at 33-28. Chenault had the big catch. He went, you know, the the great receiver from Colorado, 10-177-1. Love the two quarterbacks in this one, Montez and Martinez. Yep. Um, I think I think it's going to be good. Nebraska laying four on the road. Um, I would give me the bus in that. I mean, I think Nebraska's going to be really good. I would take Colorado on the road. Sneaky right, good I'm game, Trent. Getting points. Sneaky good late at night, Minnesota Me on too. the road at Fresno. I think that has a chance to be not only good, but I think we'll learn more about this Minnesota team. Absolutely. Bami, you got a sneaky good game in 15 seconds? I'm going to go Pac-12, 630, Nevada at Oregon. Nevada coming off that, that – I mean, listen, the line is 24-and-a-half, so the odds makers don't think it's going to be very good. Where's Oregon after that loss to Auburn mm-hmm. game? They should have won. Nevada coming with the big comeback over Purdue. Um, I like your game also, though. I can tell you, Minnesota-Fresno, I do like that one. But – I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay out west and won't be able to watch it because it's on the free oh network, which we don't get. But uh, I think it's got a chance to be decent. We're go- we're out of time. We'll recap the weekend eleven on Monday. Thanks, Bama. Hour number two coming up next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. This is fourteen sixty.